Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of White Coats of the Roundtable. Mike, I'm actually excited about this one. Um, I don't. Do we need to remind everybody now that I'm John and you're Mike? Um, I guess if, if people are actually joining us for the first time today, I'm John McDonald, and I've got Mike Asback here. We're both healthcare clinicians, uh, worked in many different environments, uh, and we found what we like, we found what we don't like. And what's fun about this episode is we had the chance to interview someone that I have been keeping tabs on for a while in his businesses. He had a few things up. Uh, I, some of you might have even remembered uh, some of these. There's a guy called the, uh, it had, had a website called The Nerd Wallet, and it blew up uh, over the past few years into a hub of financial information. Well, for this guy, Alex Barker, I followed from when he was just blogging about how to transition and different ideas for side hustles. And it got me excited when I was in a place that I, I felt pretty low, uh, felt pretty uninterested in my job. And to the extreme, I felt sickened. I hated what I was doing. And so I was living off the opportunities and the hope that were being put out on this blog, thinking, okay, maybe I could do this thing or that thing to find some of that success or just happiness in my life with my career. Uh, well, we reconnected with him recently. I reached out to him through a mutual friend and he sounded very excited and happy to do the podcast. Well, when Mike and I got on with him, uh, it was a great time. I had a, I actually had a good time talking to him. Uh, I get nervous when we have people on that we don't know as well uh, that it might be a little bit stiff, but Mike, this was a fun podcast. Would you agree? I totally agree, John. I can't wait for listeners to hear this. It really was a great conversation, and I really enjoyed it. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm a PA, and yet, even though Alex's specialty is career coaching and burnout reduction or burnout prevention for pharmacy, I think so many of the topics are applicable across professions. I mean, really, John, that's why we're doing this. We've intentionally tried to create this podcast to be not professionally specific because I think there's a lot of career support, career education, but then also side hustles, burnout prevention, that really is applicable across the board. And our goal is to to provide that education, to provide that support, to to help people identify maybe some alternatives to clinical work that they weren't aware of. And Alex is just crushing it in the pharmacy field in this regard. So it was just so fun and cool to talk to him and, and really um, hear what he has been able to learn and then share that with the listeners. Yeah. I, to add to that as well, even though he, his business is called the happy farm D and almost all of his clients are pharmacists working. I, I think what he reported, I, I'd have to look back, but it was a significantly high number of retail pharmacists compared to all the others. I think he uh, said the majority. I know that. Yeah. The, over 60% from what I remember, but he is very active on LinkedIn. He puts together educational content uh, he's got classes that you can take. Uh, he's got, has his own community. But I would tell any clinician outside of pharmacy that if you're interested in any sort of side hustles or even exploring other options, the type of work that he helps people transition into is not strictly just for pharmacists. We're talking medical writing. Uh, we're talking about things like uh, working in pharma, uh, doing research, anything, even transitioning to different companies within your same specialty currently, how to identify what a good company might be, how to get your CV uh, up to date, 
it's a full package. So I'm glad to have him. I'm glad to have him as a, a friend of the podcast. Uh, we are only having him on this one time to begin with. He's He should be back multiple times. He was excited about it. I'm excited about it. Uh, I just hope everybody really enjoys it. Take some time to really consider uh, the stories that he tells about life change uh, and get excited. If you're not happy where you are currently, use this time to really think about what you are excited about with your job, what you aren't excited about, and try not to pocket your whole career into your one single space and time right now of what you're upset at. Because you can all find something you like about your job, and that's going to help you identify where you need to go. Uh, so you're good at something. You are proud and happy to do something. This is where we boil down what that might be. So this is the beginning to that 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 jump into how do we actually do this? How do we identify it? Uh, so... I hope everybody just sits back, has a good time with this one. Uh, please reach out to us if you have any questions about how to contact him or uh, we will be linking everything from this episode in the show notes. So you can check out his website. You can check out what he does on LinkedIn and just different social media platforms he's involved in. Uh, great to call him a friend now, but uh, Mike, let's buckle up and uh, let's talk to Alex. All right, let's do it. Everybody, this is White Coats Throne Table. Let's bring on Alex. Back everybody to White Coats of the Round Table. Uh, I've got an exciting episode today. I, I'm sure Mike is excited as well, but I've been uh, thinking about this and really mulling it over. Uh, but uh, today we've got John and Mike as usual, uh, and we've got Alex Barker on today with us from the Happy Farm D. Uh, we're pretending he's not even here right now in the room, uh, as though we're going to bring him out as a guest on the show. Uh, but a little bit of introduction here today for uh, Alex. Uh, we found him because years ago I was I was scouring the internet at my big box retail job, hating every part of it, trying to get out, but kind of thinking maybe I need to go into medical sales. Maybe I just need to go into pest control. I, I don't know what it is, but I can't do this anymore. And uh, found some of his articles early on. And uh, I'm excited to, he to see here today, he's actually grown his uh, business into helping much more than just putting uh, general information out to, to the public. So uh, Alex is an impassioned entrepreneur who cut his teeth in the trenches of community pharmacy. After graduating from pharmacy school in 2012, he gained further education postdoc in completing a community practice pharmacy residency program. And after many years in practice and education, his hopes for fulfillment as a clinical pharmacy specialist at the VA were dashed upon the rocks as he steered a ship towards the sirens who lull many of pharmacy students into certain demise. Here, in reflective contemplation, Alex decided to make the move towards a happier future by hustling his way to the man you see here today. He's written a book, started a few companies, helped hundreds of pharmacists realize their passions, and most importantly, found joy in the work that most people dream of. Oh, that was that was that was so good. I had to mute myself because I was just giggling during that. That was amazing. Been quite a journey um, and it's fun to be here. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. I love the name, by the way, of the podcast. It makes me feel like a knight and we're literally a circle right now in the Zoom. We so certainly I'm, are. I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling very, you very excited. You will be excited. getting your uh, complimentary 
uh, sword, or it, it depends on what you actually pick out of the catalog. Oh boy, it, he's already got it. Shipped. I've got a sword, right? Look at this. I got my blade ready. <laughs> it's samurai. But We're yeah. saving the sword for the member episode because we'll uh, we'll we'll include that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, tell us a little bit about that journey that was long, extensive, and I know it's a lot to talk about, as I'm sure all of us do, but um, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I think like every young healthcare professional, I started off with like high hopes and dreams. I was, I was like, I'm going to make a difference. I just can't wait to lower A1C, baby. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do things. And then uh, I got hit in the face with the real world. Uh, dealt with some bullies in the workplace. Both my assigned mentor and my manager pretty much hated my guts. Nice. Uh, got pushed into a clinic I didn't want to be into. Tried to do ambulatory care. Barely got to, you know, get my feet wet. And it was a tough five, six years in, in clinical practice. And pretty much from the get-go, I was like, ah i don't know if i'm meant to do this i don't know itching right from the outside uh 2012 um i started listening to podcasts and and as on my one hour commute to work i was like there's got to be something else out there and that's when i fell into the world of like online business mm. so for six years i hustled on the side and tried everything and anything I uh, did podcast. I sold stickers on Etsy. I sold strollers on uh, Amazon, joined a franchise. I did coaching, consulting during that time. And some of it did okay and most of it failed. But I learned a lot of really hard lessons. And 2017 is when I started the Happy Farm D. I said, I'm just going to help pharmacists. I'm going to focus on who I am. Got rid of the chip on my shoulder and just dug in deep. And fast forward to today, it, it's insane. Uh, the, the numbers are crazy. We've, we've worked with 1,500 pharmacists mm. at some point in their professional career. The last two years, we've coached, um, I think it's like 240 pharmacists, something like that. And uh, we've changed lives. You know, like, I maybe you can relate to this that sometimes when you accomplish things you tend to downplay what you've done mm. you're like ah you know I, uh, it's not that big of a deal but i actually just got off the phone with a pharmacist that we helped and she's able to hang out with her kids pick them up from school remote work loves it comparable pay to retail which is really hard in our profession mm -hmm. uh not doing retail by the way mm. um is valued at work, treated like a real person. And that kind of stuff helps me sleep at night and sleep in, but get excited when I have to get up. <laughs> so uh, that's a little bit about me. That's so exciting. So it's really interesting to talk to you, Alex, because I think so many issues with burnout are interprofessional. And, and I don't know, maybe you guys can comment if pharmacy has higher rates of burnout. I, I do feel like I know a lot of really frustrated pharmacists, but I think a lot of the concepts, a lot of the things that drive burnout are, are really something that you can see across the board in healthcare. When you're coaching these folks, is it predominantly to shift to a different position? You mentioned getting out of retail, and I think that makes sense that that's probably a really good way to improve happiness. But is it often... 
hey, find a new position? Or do you also look to help people maybe optimize compensation or satisfaction within their current role? The majority of times, uh, it's a new job. So 97% of our clients get a job within pharmacy, but at a different company. Mm -hmm. There are, I think, like only one or 2% of the clients renegotiate their position, do something different, a lateral move. Um, and only about 50% of our clients are actually retail pharmacy. Mm -hmm. That's the, certainly the one that gets the most, uh, the worst rap on the internet. You know, if you just type in community pharmacy jobs, you'll see a bunch of stuff on Google that are, it's quite negative. It's quite negative. Um, but yeah, most, most people pick another career field in pharmacy. And to your point earlier, from what I've gathered in my research, 40% of the American public uh, workers are burned out. Mm. That's a huge number. Uh, it doesn't seem very well validated, but like that's quite a bit. Um, doctors are about 50 to 60%. Pharmacists are 50 to 70%, depending on what you're looking at. Um, nurses are, I think, 50 to 60% as well. So it's sad, very sad. What do you find is the most pressing or commonly pressing concern, either professionally or personally for these people? Um, for instance, the thing that kept me up at night when mm. I was working the retail position that uh, had me reconsidering pharmacy was loneliness. I, I felt completely alone. Um, I also had to drive an hour and 20 minutes to work each way. Uh, and it was on those rides that listening to stuff like Dave Ramsey was like, okay, all I have to do <laughs> yeah. is yeah, a lot of people do pay that. <laughs> off my debt and I don't have to do this anymore. I could be a bartender yeah. if I wanted to or, or whatever. Um, loneliness was hard for me because I, I liked talking to people and I had mm. one technician and well, save that person for off script. I had one person to talk to and that can get lonely. And that's why I was like, yeah, I can't work alone anymore. Um, what do you see as commonly uh, the issue or the problem what drives people out of uh, their roles? We, we try not to focus too much on the job they're coming from, right? Because they don't want to talk about it themselves. Sure. You know, if I had to sum up their problem, it's the erosion of the soul. It's the gap between who they are and what they're forced to do. Mm -hmm. And that gets wider and wider and it starts to break down who they are as a person. And they, I think people really hate that. Mm -hmm. And it comes out in all sorts of ways like divorce, broken relationships, arguments, um, diversion, even in the workplace. Um, and I think at its core, at least I can speak to pharmacy, but I, I think nurses and doctors, PAs, all the healthcare practitioners at our core, we probably enjoy helping people or enjoy helping solve some sort of problem. Uh, but in pharmacy specifically, we feel like we can't actually help people. Mm -hmm. We're just doing a job to appease some corporate overlord that we've never met. And boy, does that feel soulless, mm. right? That feels like garbage doing that for years and years. Um, I talked to a pharmacist last week who said in her prior job, 
Um, she knew she had enough when she fell asleep on the stairs before getting to bed for the third time. Hmm. She said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't have the energy to get upstairs. Um, they just reached a breaking point at some point. Yeah. I guess everybody's a little bit different, but at some point when you said about the soul, like when you say what, how did you put it about your soul? The erosion of the soul. Right. If you think of it almost like a heart, if you like, oh, this is it's getting an emotional podcast for a bunch yeah, of guys. I'm not sure but, who you're pointing that to, but oh, it's a, I'm making a heart for those of you who can't yes. see it. If you imagine that heart like breaking apart on one side, it's who we are. And on the other side, it's what you do. And it doesn't feel right. It feels like something is wrong and that you want to change it. And maybe even you have tried to change it, but you're met with the unimpenetrable wall of management telling you you can't do this mm-hmm. or if, if you are a manager even you're like hey the upper echelon the c-suite says no mm-hmm. i so it it eats away at you very slowly it doesn't happen typically right away and so everyone i agree everyone's breaking point is different and what's so weird about it is like companies are saying things like oh are you know these particularly young people, they need to be more resilient. Mm-hmm. And it, once you're resilient, then you won't be so frustrated about how miserable you are. It's like, I'm not sure if this is rated M, but BS, right? Bull crap. That's <laughs> uh, just total hogwash. This podcast is not off script. <laughs> Let it fly. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, I have a follow-up question with that. So, in all of mm. your experience with with consulting with these folks, would mm. you say that there's people that are just mismatched for certain positions and they're doomed to burn out of those positions no matter what? Would you say that Ooh. there are there are jobs in healthcare that are going to be toxic no matter what, and anyone in that position is going to struggle? What do you think the reason is that we see this? Or even in your own personal experience, you mentioned that you know pretty much out of the gate you felt like it was really a struggle. So is that something where clinicians that may be listening to this, healthcare professionals, not just pharmacists, but if our listeners are, are trying to figure out how do I prevent burnout, is it something where we need to be more selective in the jobs we take? Or do we need to avoid jobs that may have red flags? Or is it something completely different that we're missing? Loaded question. Always. So let's, let, let's break it down. Corporate overlords and well-being consultants and executives would love for the public to believe the burnout problem is an individual problem. It's your issue. You are the one who's burned out. And so you need to work on yourself. Reality check as if adding more things to do in your already burned out life is the solution to fixing your problem, right? You're burned out, you're miserable, you're not motivated to work. Now you need to do meditation five days out of the week. We need to do less, not more. The scientifically proven, I suppose, causes of burnout never are pointed at the individual. They all are caused by the environment one is in. Lack of support, work overload, uh, insufficient reward. These things are meant or are driven by whatever the workplace standard is. In our profession, pharmacy, it's very clear that the cards are stacked against 
retail chains specifically. Is that 100% of the case? Like to your question of like, are there environments where burnout is common? Absolutely. Retail chains is very, it's, it's very likely. Um, in fact, if you dug into the literature about burnout and pharmacy, you would be maybe surprised that retail chains have the least amount of literature about burnout. Wonder why that is. <laughs> they have burnout literature about ICU pharmacists and come on, there's less than a few thousand of those in the United States. Um, and so I, I, I would agree with the premise of there's definitely work environments that cause it. There's not too many predisposing factors that make you susceptible to burnout. Um, if you believe some of the really bad meta analysis out there, if you're female, you're more likely to experience it. Um, if you're younger um, and shoot, oh, it, and if you have really poor support systems. So not being close to family, not having great relationships. Hmm. You were going to say something, John? I, I mean, it just, it's wild to me because you said that's almost everybody in pharmacy right now, right? <laughs> like, not everyone, not our clients, but think yeah. About, think about it though. You, I mean, you said it's very, very poor meta-analysis, but what, hmm. what is it? It's got um, to be 60, 40. I was going to say three hmm. to one. Yeah. Um, female to male pharmacists. And we're, most of us are younger because people age out of uh, pharmacy really late in life. You can stay a pharmacist. I mean, I don't know who the oldest pharmacist you worked with, Alex, but I knew a pharmacist that was working into his 80s. Um, that makes yeah. it very difficult because it's not as high stress on the body as a lot of other positions. And so it the entry was so easy before when we had this, the boomers or baby boomers are going to get to the age where they're all going to have Medicare Part D and we don't have enough pharmacists. So everybody went in and um, lo and behold, young, female, and ton of no support because nobody was ready for this in the business world of, of community pharmacy. So, I mean, it is the perfect storm. I mean, everything you just said. Yeah, there there's a lot that we could dive into that I'm not totally sure if the average person would be interested into, but you're right. You're right. It's conspiracy <laughs> level. Like I have a blog post where I like I put on the hat, you know, and I say, okay, Bear with me here, but let's talk about this weird conspiracy about how this happened. So we, we'll yeah, we can we can nerd out on that another time. <laughs> this, this is the this is us geeking out. Uh, normal pharmacist chatter from the doctor's point of view. It's just a couple pharmacists. Don't worry about them. Um, but <laughs> yeah, some drug dealers. No biggie. I, I, I digress, though. Um, I do have other questions, but Mike, I can see him just leaning back and forth like this until he and ask a question so go up please Mike. okay sure i'm glad i get priority on questions i appreciate of course. it yes thank you cold as ice so i guess <laughs> <laughs> so alex if uh if any of our listeners are currently in a clinical role and mm -hmm. they feel good but they're maybe worried about burnout we've had a, a tough two and a half years with the pandemic you know i've heard stories from nurses that are, are writing on social media that they have 10 to 1 ratios because of the nursing shortage so if they are maybe currently not burned out but they're worried about burnout 
what would you recommend as maybe early warning signs where someone can identify burnout before it becomes an issue that may lead to divorce, may lead to depression, or these these really immense um, impacts on personal life that you described earlier? How can we intervene earlier for these people? If someone thinks you're being lazy, that's a great sign. If someone comments on uh, you not going above and beyond for them in or outside of the workplace. I had a friend once who was going through same thing. Uh, She was a nurse, worked in the NICU, which is already like, oh, I couldn't imagine, you know, just the stress of that job myself. And uh, she had been working there for three years and didn't think she was burned out at the time. But it it really hit her in the face when her husband commented that, I don't remember what, but it's just something around the house wasn't done. And he was like, hmm, that isn't done. And it, he, he wasn't saying it to be like accusatory or like, you're a bad wife. Like, why didn't you do that? You know, not that at all. Just like, huh, that's normally your job, but it's not, it's not, <laughs> it isn't completed. And that's when it hit her like, oh, I've lost my motivation. I've lost my not sense of purpose. Like not, most people don't say something like that, but it, it became that way. She had seen the signs very slowly and it wasn't full blown burnout where she's just totally mentally exhausted all of the time, but she saw that the amount of work she was doing, the amount of shifts that she was doing was more than what she could handle. In her case, she was able to talk to her manager, which didn't really lead to great results. It led to kind of a change in the schedule for her, which helped, um, you know, fast forward a few years and she's working a different job, no surprise. But I think a great sign is if you lose motivation for things that you once loved or enjoy or, or, or just things that you know they are good for yourself. Yeah, that's such a great point because I think so often... I think American culture, it's not even unique to healthcare. American culture is one where we find our purpose and value in our job. And it's yeah. really a unique thing because if you go to Europe or other countries, they they may be very productive in terms of occupational functioning, but they don't identify with their job. And the, But the flip side to that, I see the other side of it in psychiatry is people that are chronically unemployed on disability. They lack meaning and purpose as well. So, and I think that can be just as dangerous, but yeah, it is a, a, a problem. I think that is specific to American culture where we just are all workaholics, whether we want to be or not. So to that point too, there's, um, you mentioned European countries. I, I bring this up a lot at work, how people are, how do Italians get to vacation for two months out of the year? Yeah. Um, and we could talk about finances, like you mentioned, and that's going to be a lot of our conversations moving forward and past conversations on the podcast as well. But that's, that's a big lifestyle change, trying to figure out how to live below your means. That's going to take quite a while. So, and that might even take some coaching. What's something that, what would you see as being a first step for somebody? Uh, for me, for example, my, one of my first steps was to re- just completely overhaul my CV and resume. And I found a mentor. That's like the first two things to try to get some input or, and also feel like I made one step towards something. You've done this a lot more than I have. I'm only talking to myself. What is the first best step for these folks who want to break out or at least even explore? 
Step one, hire the happy farm D. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do some free stuff. That way people know I'm well, legit. Well, if you type in the code uh, WCRT uh, at the... CV, resume, LinkedIn, cover letter. Yeah, that stuff is good. But I think most people find that stuff draining. Oh, yeah. Super draining. It's not fun, especially when you already feel like these documents, these things, uh, it doesn't really feel like me in particular. So what I like to encourage people to do, you know, even before they start working with us or our program is what I like to call a career portfolio. This is where we invite people to write down anything and everything that they find fun, engaging work. So one of my coaches was working with a client who didn't really know what she wanted. She'd worked in retail for a while. She did a little bit of clinical work on the side. And she eventually landed on, you know what? I think I want to be in academia. I really enjoy teaching. And that came to her because in her exercise, she wrote down that her favorite parts of her retail job were to uh, teach patients. So whenever she was with a patient, teaching them even the same thing over and over again, right? Like mm -hmm. oh, ibuprofen may cause gastrointestinal bleeding. Like even something as simple as that, it kind of transported her to a different place. Sure. Like I could forget about the phone ringing. I didn't have to think about the next patient. I could just be there with that person. Yeah. That was a great cue to say you enjoy teaching. Because when she first started working with the coach, she said, I hate my job. There's absolutely nothing I enjoy about it. Well, that wasn't true after doing the exercise. I think brain dumping everything that you have done, both what your manager cares and maybe not care about at all, from the lens of how many patients do you think you've talked to in a week? Okay, multiply that times 52. You have spoken to that many people in a year. And you've made an impact in each of those people. Um, and the next lens I would probably look through in a career portfolio is what's made the biggest impact? What can you walk away from work and feel like, oh man, you know, Mrs. Johnson came up to me and said this and Everything that's going on, my, my conflicts with my coworkers, my arguments with my boss, the demands of the job, it melts away because of that interaction. Um, when you look for things like impact, it's really easy to kind of guide you to a next step in a career path. In my, from our like system on how we handle career development, the application, the CV, LinkedIn, all of that's the last thing that you need to focus on. You know, it's the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, so st start with a career portfolio, brain dump the fun stuff and let that guide you because it's also the very thing that probably needs to be on your resume. Actually, that that uh, pharmacist client I mentioned before, the one who wanted to get in academia, when she was working on her resume, uh, her coach caught her and said, what do you think of your resume? She's like, ah, I'm not, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not too confident. And she said, why did you not include the teaching job that you did for two years? 
She didn't mention it. She had only put things that were pharmacy related. She had a teaching job, which is totally related to becoming a professor. But that's what happens when you don't look at your your career really through the right lens is you you devalue things that probably employers would find very valuable. I think that mentioning I'm going to bring it back around to the beginning of our conversation. What brings us joy sometimes is seeing impact on people's lives. You mentioned that about this job finally or not even job your business. Your life goal now is to help others. So that makes you feel good inside that you're helping other people. I think that all of us just need to find exactly that. What what makes you spring out of bed in the morning? I like I enjoy helping others at the counseling station as well. Um, but I had to get insight as well from somebody else. Now, yeah. sometimes that insight's organic and sometimes it's Googling how to leave such and such such in such profession, <laughs> right? right? And then they're going to find right. you and, and what you do. And so to get insight from other people, sometimes you feel as though you aren't capable of doing your job. Like you said, you're being told you're not doing mm-hmm. well. Um, you're not getting any reward for it. There's no opportunities for you. And so what what I suggest to folks is think about the impact that you are having on other people. Every time I would leave a store to go to a different place and feel like, man, I'm, I'm, am I just totally crap in the bed here? Everybody I work with doesn't want me to go. You know, they they express they loved working with you. They want to work with you again. They actually come and visit your new location. Like your impact on others um, should show you yeah. how well you are are doing. And uh, listen to those voices around you. Not try not getting bogged down in your head. But that might be therapy. We might need therapy for that. So <laughs> we'll see. But I, I think that everything that you are doing is. I think there's going to be a lot of jealousy out there um, of you helping other people in the profession that you started in. Uh, not a lot of people think that's possible. And this is step one for yeah. everybody listening to the, pos- the podcast right now. Uh, go over to his website. Check out the Happy Farm D. Um, there's other there's other resources as well that I saw on your website. Why don't you why don't you talk us through where we can find you, where we can look you up if we want to coach, how we um, go about <laughs> looking into that as well. You know, the first thing I would recommend you do is go to thehappyfarmd.com slash care. Mm-hmm. I, I talk a lot about burnout. I talk a lot about the problems of our profession. And what we want to do is we want to help as many pharmacists as possible. I think the mood right now in our profession is that we're a sinking ship, mm-hmm. you know, and I think this ship as rough it may, as it may it, it seem, it still has a lot of gas left to go. And in this care package that I put together, I want to get you back on the boat and I want you getting really transforming how you're thinking about your job and instead of thinking I can't, maybe I can. So in it, we have, I believe my book, Indispensable, mm-hmm. which is uh, all about pharmacy career path development and creating an inspiring career. Uh, I think the audio version's in there as well. So it's kind of like this, is me talking with you about uh, careers. So you can listen to me while you're going to your job. 
And then we also have a salary guide in there as well. So that when you do get that new job offer, you can negotiate very, very well. Yeah, I did see some business. negotiating uh, techniques on the website as well. A lot of video content, some master classes. It just seems like you have a lot of content driven, um, uh, I guess, just driving your your business and what you're trying to do there. So I appreciate all the content. I'm going to be flipping through more than what I've seen already. So I hope that <laughs> well, everybody you. goes and checks out Alex. Um, if you're a pharmacist, and I don't, do you have any affiliates that you that you've worked with in the past with other clinician based like PAs or, or nursing uh, doctors, anything like that? Um, I mean, we have a referral program. There we go. But most of the, most of them are pharmacists. Okay, so uh, with referral programs, and then Mike, you're starting your own. Um, the subtly happy PA that and you can <laughs> only subtly? PAs and, yeah, right. subtly yeah you can't be happy look at you um so <laughs> everybody I want you to go check out Alex Barker over at the happy farm D check out the resources and reach out to his contacts maybe even take a look at his co coaching but uh like he said go to the happy farmd.com forward slash care do I have that right yeah, Perfect. yeah. For slash care. Um, and for the rest of the listeners, uh, for those of you who are going to be joining us on Offscript, we will be moving over there with Alex, getting a little bit deeper, um, saying a couple words that I wasn't allowed to say in church when I was younger. And uh, we'll see <laughs> nice. how things move over there. Cannot wait to swear. <laughs> great to have you on, man. I, I hope maybe if you had a, a subtly happy time with us here today, we'll uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, I'd love to come back. You guys were awesome. I, I can't believe you're wrapping it up. I, I didn't realize it was 30 minutes, but yeah, it great conversation. Well, great the, conversation. The, the problem is here is I'm not the one that wraps these things up. I, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, he's got it. He just let's mm. go, John, wrap it up. So uh, I'm going to say it a third time. Go over to the Happy Farm D. And for those of you uh, listeners who've been with us, thanks for following along. And I hope to see you over at Offscript. Uh, this is White Coats on Table. I'm John. We got Mike here and Alex Barker. I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of the week. All right, see you later.